Hi, this is Amber and welcome to today's podcast. So my website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. I am a Reiki master and a shamanic practitioner and I've been running my own healing practice for the last 10 years. My work is focused on core wound healing, life purpose work, sacred union work, as well as transformational calls and readings. That's sacredspacehealing.org. I'd just like to say thank you to all those um, listeners out there, who, all of you who send me such lovely messages every week, um, thanking me for these podcasts. Um, it is a joy to do them. Um, I love sharing my take on the world with you. And my intention has always been to inspire and challenge and uplift and plant seeds and awaken. And I, and that, I guess that happens in lots of different ways in the podcast. You know, sometimes there's a very kind of soothing feel to them. And sometimes I think they're, they might be triggering for people. Sometimes it's interesting to note that, you know, some podcasts kind of go fall by the wayside. They don't get listened to. They're not appreciated. And then, you know, years later, they're, they're the ones that everyone seems to be listening to at the moment. The, um, the highest rating podcast on the channel is about sexual energy. And um, when I first recorded that, I don't think anyone was massively interested in what I had to say, which was about the sacredness of sexual energy. And um, and and look at where we're at. So it's 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 really interesting. Um, and uh, some of you ask me, you know, if there's a way that you can you could th- express your gratitude better than an email. And of course, there is there is um, a donations button on the website. So if you go to sacredspacehealing.org and you hover your cursor above um, the home button, then you'll get a drop down menu and there's a donations um, <clears throat> tab there and you can donate as much or as little as you like um, as a means of saying thank you. Uh, it all costs. It costs to create these podcasts, to get them hosted and so on. So um every donation is gratefully received and it can just be put back into the work and means that I can create more. So today's podcast is um, looking at relationships and what do we need to do? What do we need to do to have a successful new relationship? And I'm not going to take you through some top 10 checklist of what you need to do. I'm just going to focus on one particular aspect of starting a new relationship. And that is the past. That is how you have uh, behaved, interacted, resolved past relationships. We cannot step into something new and truly allow that to flow and fly and be our most authentic selves if we're still running from a past relationship. And by running, I mean if we have unresolved feelings for an ex or if we never made reparation. I think what often seems to happen in relationships is that one or one party or the other is going to feel aggrieved. I mean, it's quite rare that you get two people that say it just didn't work out, but I still care for the other person or I, I feel neutral towards the other person. There's usually one that's harboring some kind of pain or resentment and another that's just refusing to look at it. And I think it's a beautiful place when you meet people and they say, yeah, me and my ex are really good friends or we're still in touch with each other or, you know, we we ended amicably. I always think that's a really good sign of where this person is at in their life that that they can have that it's not always possible and there are always extenuating circumstances if there was abuse of some kind or the breakup was particularly painful so I'm not saying that we have to end up friends with our exes but I think it is really important that we make reparation 
And by that, I mean that we have a clear heart, a clear soul when it comes to this relationship, that we can look ourselves in the mirror. We can look deep into our eyes and we can say, I did the best that I could. I didn't cause harm intentionally or unintentionally. And if I did cause harm, I have since made up for it. I've apologized. I've made it good. And I think it's quite rare that people actually do that. Um, I'm not going to say I'm a saint, but I've certainly done my best with old relationships to make reparation as much as possible, whether through writing an email or a letter or a phone conversation or, you know, um, a, a chat of some kind um, or in meditation, you know, or in myself. And then there's sometimes when I've not wanted to do it. So I'm not a saint, right? I'm human. There's sometimes where there's people that, you know, you remember from your past or they pop up from your past. And I, I don't, I, I won't say that I'm resolved. I mean, I'm resolved as, as in I've moved on, but I'm, I probably still quite like an apology. Thank you very much. Um, and that sort of tells me where I'm at in terms of um, the work that I still need to do on, on letting go. Um, I think forgiveness and reparation is one of the most important things we can do when it comes to ending relationships. It's been amazing what's happened when I've done that, you know, and it's sometimes I've done it through email, sometimes I've done it face to face to just kind of say, listen, I'm really sorry that that things ended the way they did, or I'm really sorry that things ended, or if you feel that you've behaved badly, and we all behave badly, you know, to varying degrees, intentionally or unintentionally, to just say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry if I hurt you. I'm sorry if you were hurt by the things that I said or did and to get the other person's response and often the other person's response is really revealing because they reveal to you their pain but they also reveal to you their admiration or their love for you or what they were witnessing in you and it, that can only help make you grow help you grow and I have found that in situations where I've made that reparation it's helped me grow but it's also really helped me let go um, and then conversely, there's other people in my life. And I look back at relationships, you know, um, moments in my life where I really felt that there was a connection, you know, that there was, there was love here, that there was care here. And I look back at these moments and, and feel deeply hurt that there was never a sorry, that there was never a Amber, I'm really sorry. I hurt you. I'm sorry. I said that. I'm sorry. I did that. I wonder what that was like for you. This is what I was going through. This is why it happened. And in in terms of letting go, I will. There's a part of me that will go back to those people, go back to those moments, and and just be flabbergasted at how do they live with themselves? How do they wake up every day and look themselves in the mirror and not feel ashamed at what they see when they remember all that they have done? Because it sits like a burden on our chest, on our hearts, in our bodies, the things that we do to people, the things that are done to us, but the things that we do to people. And if we really want to be authentic and vulnerable in our relationships moving forwards, how can we hope to have that when we haven't even reconciled the past, when we haven't been that in the past? How can we hope to be that in the future when we haven't been that in the past? As in, how can we hope to have that with the next person when we've not even tried to have that with the person that we're now disentangling from. So I know that it can seem scary and it can seem silly and we can feel embarrassed and ashamed, but I think there's no shame in apologizing. There's no shame in reaching out to someone and being honest and vulnerable. And if the other person rejects or humiliates or 
you know, is antagonistic, that's, that's their lookout. You know, that's their journey. That shows you where they're at. But if you reach out with an open heart and you say to someone, I'm sorry for the things that I said or the things that I did, or I'm sorry things ended a certain way, or I'm sorry that time I hurt you, or whatever it is that you need to say, if you really were to search your heart, you know, what is it that you feel that you need to make amends for? If you do that 100% authentically with integrity, you know, with truth and love in your heart, that's a huge burden lifted off you. And it makes space for the next relationship and for authenticity in the next relationship and for the ability to have those conversations, those difficult conversations in the next relationship. I once had someone say to me, and um, this was someone that I loved dearly. And I think when you love dearly, you always continue to love, you know, just it, it, it just changes the love that you have for, for this person, this place, this um this individual, this being, whatever it is. And, uh, I mean, I loved this person with all my heart and we had been back and forth, you know, on and off for quite some time. And it it was really painful to have that, to have someone I feel continually reject me. And I didn't understand why I was constantly being rejected. I mean, of course we all get rejected, but I just didn't understand why when we connected so well, that I would get rejected when things got slightly difficult. And his response was that being around me was uncomfortable for him. And it was uncomfortable because being around me made him look at his stuff. You know, he suddenly became aware of his stuff, of his unresolved stuff, what he needed to look at. And I said to him, well, it's uncomfortable for me too. You know, being around you makes me look at my stuff, but I do it because it's growth. And that's isn't that what a union is about? Like, isn't that what a connection is about? That we, we together, we grow and we look at our stuff and we become better versions of ourselves. Um, and it, and it, there's a, there's a, there's a discomfort in growth. You know, that's why it's called teething pains or growing pains. It's part of the growth process. And he had no response to me other than that's not what he wanted. Um, he didn't want to grow. He didn't want to be challenged. He didn't want to look at his stuff. He wanted to be with someone that he, didn't have to look at his stuff with. Um, And I found that a deeply hurtful thing to hear, to receive. Um, And deeply indicative in some ways of where we are as as a consciousness, as a society, in that we don't want to be uncomfortable it's uncomfortable to stand up for our beliefs when we're in the minority. It's uncomfortable to transition to vegetarianism or veganism. It's uncomfortable to um, side with the underdog. It's uncomfortable to downsize. It's uncomfortable to spend time with the down and outs, if you like, to, um, to, to let go of our affluence and our shielding and our cushioning. It's uncomfortable to look at our stuff. Yes, it's uncomfortable to look in the mirror and to look into our eyes and say, where and when have I caused pain to another and can I make reparation for this? But on the other side of that relative discomfort is growth, is expansion, is true love, not the love that's based on, you know, um, a high you know, not the love that's based on a high of 
a, a different location or good food or good sex or uh, a ceremony or drugs or alcohol you know we get these highs and we go oh i'm filled with love and and it's not that's not true love true love is not all hearts and flowers true love is about being in the discomfort you know that's why we talk about the love of a mother for her child and that level of unconditionality that a mother often has, not always, but often has, and that she bears the pain of pregnancy. She bears the pain of birth, the discomfort of giving birth, the discomfort of breastfeeding, the discomfort of being a mother of sleepless nights and the smell of nappies and uh, all of it. She bears all of it because in that discomfort is a literal growth, the growth of her child, but is her growth as a mother and is the growth of her connection or her union to her child. Can you imagine, and it does happen, but can you imagine if it happened on a grander scale, if, you know, women while they were pregnant went oh my god this is really uncomfortable you know I'm needing to pee all the time and and I've got morning sickness can we just get rid of this thing that's in me because it's really uncomfortable or you know imagine if um in the middle of giving birth the mother just went oh no no this is far too uncomfortable just shove it back in and then you know euthanize it and I'll be done or you know when the mum's got her baby and it's trying to latch on and it's trying to breastfeed no no this is uncomfortable my nipples aren't liking this yeah the let's just put the baby somewhere else and um someone else can feed it you know i'm exaggerating and i'm being purposefully triggering but this the, can you imagine you know we don't abandon uh growth because that's uncomfortable we we stay the we we stay through it and of course we have to stay through it we have to stick with it because we believe that what's on the other side of the discomfort is worth it. And so, um, you know, possibly in this situation, this guy didn't think that on the other side of his discomfort, there would be anything that was worth it, whether that was, you know, our union or that was his own relationship with himself, because ultimately union is about our relationship with ourselves. So uh, we have to believe that on the other side of discomfort is something greater. And so I think the discomfort of reaching out to someone and apologizing, I really do feel that on the other side of that is huge potential for growth and for positivity in relationships moving forwards. Um, So don't let discomfort put you off (laughs) from anything, you know, outside of our comfort zone lies growth. Um, we know this, but we, in our society these days, we have even censored our discomfort to make it more palatable. And it's the death of us. It's the death of our planet. It's the death of our relationships. It's the death of our growth, of our creativity. We know this. We know we are slowly dying. We feel we are evolving because we have more to show for it, because we have faster technology and we're we've got you know social media and everything's readily accessible and the highs and lows of life are readily accessible so we kid ourselves that never having to push ourselves to the point of discomfort is a good thing but our ancestors knew about that they knew what it was like to be freezing cold they knew what it was like to go out there and hunt their food to hunt and gather they knew what it was like to build a fire they knew that there were times in life when we had to be uncomfortable but out of that discomfort came our growth came our survival, came our tenacity. And of course it worked because here we are today, if our ancestors had stopped and not built that fire and not gone out and foraged and not gathered because it was a little bit uncomfortable, we wouldn't be here today. So our ancestors showed us that on the other side of discomfort lies growth, lies birth, lies opportunity. And these days we don't want to go there because we don't need to go there. You know, whether we can press a button and we don't need to go there.
We can have all our needs met instantly. We don't have to push ourselves. It's one of the reasons why in shamanism you have your initiations, you have your burial ceremonies and your vision quests and your sweat lodges because through that discomfort, through that pain, through that kind of, oh, I don't like this, this is pushing me out of my comfort zone, I'm scared, I'm angry, I'm this, that and the other. We look at ourselves, we grow, we let go of what doesn't serve us and we reach the next level of our consciousness. And what's happening is that we are reaching levels of consciousness as a society, absolutely we are evolving, but we're sort of staying under a glass ceiling. We're not breaking through that glass ceiling as a community, as a world consciousness, because as a world consciousness, we still wish to stay comfortable. And you have your few renegades who are pushing through and they are shouting louder and they are asking the others to wake up, but they're still in the minority. So this podcast is to urge you to, uh, to make reparation to do that little thing that might feel uncomfortable so you can become one of those people that pushes through the discomfort to find growth on the other side. I believe that we step into new relationships by allowing the old relationship to fully close in all ways. And we don't do that by closing, like sort of ramming the door shut, even though stuff is spilling out. We do it by 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 sort of clearing the way so that the door closes easily and effortlessly. In fact, the door can even stay open. It doesn't matter because we no longer see it as a closed door or an open door. We just see it as a journey, as a next phase. So, I mean, this is an invitation, but you can find any way to do this that feels right for you. You could send an email, you could send a letter, you could pick up the phone, um, you could ask to meet for a cup of tea or a drink or, you know, a walk in the park. And and make reparation, to, that's not just exes, make reparation to those people that you feel you may have harmed in some way. Now, if making reparation to this person is going to cause you harm, then don't do it in person. Do it in meditation. Um, the, uh, the forgiveness meditations that I've offered in the past uh, on my website and that I now offer to my private clients is one of the strongest ways in which we can do that. If we really feel that we would be in danger uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually, by seeing this person again. But we feel that there's things that we may have done that we want to make amends for. Then meditation is a really good place to go for that. But if it's not going to cause you danger, you know, if you feel safe enough and strong enough to do it, then I would urge you to step out of your comfort zone and do that. Because the moment you do that, you clear the way for a new relationship. But you also clear the way for a new way of being in relationships ultimately with yourself and you lessen your burden so that you're able to look in the mirror and love what you see because you see integrity so that when you are here taking your final your final breath on this planet you can look back over your life and say I did the best that I could I didn't cause harm and I didn't leave harm on this planet and that's I think all that we can really the most that we can hope to achieve in some ways is that I didn't cause harm. I didn't create pain in this world. Um, the ancient Egyptians have the, had this um, practice, if you like, or this, uh, this mythology around what happens when you die. And um, uh, it, uh, the, the story goes that when we die, our soul is put on a, a pair of scales, a golden pair of scales, and on one scale is our soul or our, our heart and on the other scale is a feather and our heart 
has to be lighter than the feather um or we've failed at life you know or we we will pass into a karmic cycles of death and rebirth continually because our heart is heavy and our heart will be heavy with everything that is unresolved the conversations we didn't have the reparation we didn't make the apologies we didn't give um the peace we didn't have in our hearts and so i think that is the way to live is that we we really it is important and it is and i think it's part of if we can make it part of our daily practice it's a beautiful thing the 21 days to a daily practice videos on my youtube channel talk about this in you know how do we start our days and how do we end our days and i think we it's important that we take stock every day of did i cause pain today to anyone to any living being to to any to anyone in my life knowingly or unknowingly and how can i make reparation for that immediately because I could go to bed tonight and, you know, someone could go to bed tonight and not wake up the next day. We don't know what life is going to bring us. As, as so many teachers have said, we live each day as if it's our last, but we live, we live that with a sense of joy. So we, we try and make reparation as much as we can. You know, in, in to, to tie up this story with, um, with the guy who didn't want to be around me because I made him uncomfortable, even even when all of that happened, even when I felt like he, you know, crushed my heart, which I did feel, I still reached out and uh, reached out a few times and made reparation. I still apologized and said, I'm really sorry for anything I may have said or done that caused you pain. Please forgive me. And I did that so to 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 create that um, that neutrality of energy, but I did that f- so I could look myself in the mirror every day and know that I did the best that I could. That even though I may have caused pain, I may have said things intentionally, done things intentionally or unintentionally, said things intentionally or unintentionally. If I can say I'm sorry, if I can put my hand in my heart and say I'm sorry, please forgive me, then I've made reparation. I've done the best that I can. Whether someone else accepts that apology or not is out of my hands. But it, you know, under the sight of God's spirit universe, that's, that was my declaration. Um, I am no, I am no saint. I am a human being on my journey, but I, I give you that example to show that even when we feel that, that we've been hard done by, it's still worth just asking ourselves, is there anything that I could have done differently in that situation? Is there anything that I did in that situation that could have caused pain to another? And you may not have, in which case you have nothing to make reparation for other than just to let go of that sense of being aggrieved. Um, and that's a, that's a topic for another podcast. But usually there's something that we can say, oh, yeah, I remember a time I said this or I did that. And it's worth extending that olive branch and just clearing your slate. And whether that person accepts your apology or not, whether they're gracious enough to give you another to give you an apology or to explain their ways to you, um, that's that's not what it's about. It's about you being able to have a clean slate with yourself and with your next partner. And of course, that's how we step into true union. That's what sacred union is about. That sacredness um, of two people coming together with 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 clean hearts, um, being able to bring that clear state of unconditional love into the planet. Not conditional love. Not love that's based on um, <clears throat> addictions. And a lot of our love is based on addiction. And again, that's a topic for another podcast. But that unconditional love that, that comes from that place of of true self-respect and gnosis. And when we're in that place of self-respect and gnosis, then we are better placed, best placed to to be 
in in union with our beloved and to be in that state of unconditional love. Um, so that's my invitation. If there's any exes in your life that you feel, hmm, I could have done things differently or I wish I'd said sorry or I wish things hadn't ended a certain way, let's let's clear that slate, you know, as, as you step into a new month or a new year, clear that slate, say sorry, however you wish to do it. And if you can't do it in the physical, if it's too difficult for you, you could always write a letter and not send it. And if that's too difficult for you, then you could do it in meditation and through intention and know that you're doing this so that your heart can be as light as a feather um, so that you can fill it with the energy of love and compassion and kindness the website is sacredspacehealing.org that's sacredspacehealing.org if you do use this practice and it has a result in your life and you'd like to share that with me please feel free to drop me an email the email address is on the website wherever you may be in your journey i wish you much joy and love and compassion and gratitude and so it is and so it shall be <laughs>